Yirmiyahu, chapter 26. Chapter 26 is the prophecy that Yirmiyahu was instructed to give in the time of Yehoiakim. And he's commanded in the second verse of chapter 26, Koab HaShem, Amod Bachatzar Beis HaShem, so Yirmiyahu is instructed to go to the uh, court of the house of God, court of the temple, and to speak concerning the cities of Judah and to the people that come to bow down in the temple and to tell them the following, essentially that the temple will be destroyed and in the context of chapter 26, in verse number 6, that the fate of the temple in Jerusalem will be the same as the fate of the temple in Shiloh. The temple in Shiloh was destroyed, and we have, of course, the story in the beginning of the book of Shmuel about how Shiloh is destroyed, the priests of Shiloh are corrupt, the ark from the temple is taken into the battle and captured by the Philistines, and Shiloh, as a central place, ceases to exist, and the fate of Jerusalem and the fate of Shiloh will be the same. Now, this prophecy about Jerusalem being a second Shiloh is actually found earlier, and we studied it back in chapter 7. In fact, it's virtually the same prophecy. And what is curious is that in chapter 7, when Yirmiyot utters this prophecy, there's absolutely no sense in chapter 7 that there's any kind of antagonism towards Yirmiyahu because of this particular prophecy. There may be antagonism in general. People are unhappy with his message, but there's nothing in chapter 7 that suggests that there's something specifically problematic about comparing Jerusalem to Shiloh. Now, that's not true in chapter 26. In chapter 26, the entire chapter is about what happens after he utters this prophecy. And in particular, in verse number 7, So the priests and the prophets and the people in general hear this prophecy taking place inside the temple, and when he finishes, they grab him. So they say to him in chapter 26, You shall certainly die because of the prophecy you have uttered. And why did you prophesy in God's name? And the people gathered around Yirmiyahu, gathering around, that's the language we have prior to the building of the golden calf, it's an attempt to intimidate. So the priests and the prophets and the people in general are threatening to kill Yirmiyahu, you shall certainly die, and presumably you shall certainly die because you are uttering a false prophecy. So once again, we come to the question of how do we know the prophet tells the truth? And when this happens, in verse number 10, there are other people, though, who support Yermio, at least support him to the extent they don't believe he should be put to death, and that's the, the princes of Judah. When they hear this, namely that Yermio is going to be put to death, they leave the house of the king and they go to the temple and they come to the gate of the temple and 
Then we have a discussion about what should happen to Yirmiyahu. In verse number 11, again, the priests and the prophets say to these princes and to the people, Mishpat Mavet, Laish, the person is guilty, a capital crime, should be put to death, for he prophesied about the city, as you heard. And then Yirmiyahu speaks. He's given his opportunity to speak, and he says, look, God has sent me. I'm a prophet. I simply deliver God's message. I'm the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. That's what Yermio says in verse number 12. If you reform your ways, there won't be a problem. God will change God's mind as it were. God will change. If, in fact, you mend your ways, and that's my job as a prophet. However, you should know, he says, that if you, you can do whatever you want to be. And in verse 15, if you do kill me, you're shedding innocent blood. Because in fact, God sent me. So that's his argument. His argument is, look, I just delivered the message. That's what a prophet does. Unpopular message, but I'm delivering a message. And the Sarim, the princes who have come, presumably to counter the others, they say to the people, and together with the people, actually, in verse 16, No. Person, this person, Yermiel, does not deserve to die. He spoke in God's name. And then some of the elders speak up. And they say, look, Micha HaMorashti, the prophet Micha, one of the twelve so-called minor prophets, prophesied in the days of Chizkiyahu. We encountered this earlier. And he said, and they actually quote what he says, which is interesting, word-for-word quotation from chapter 3 of Micha. He said, Sion Sadet HaResh, Sion shall be proud as a field. Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins. Temple Mount, a shrine in the woods. And Chizkiyo, what did he do? He didn't kill him. In verse 19, rather, he was a God-fearing person. He entreated God, and God relented of the punishment. Now that's a very interesting expression, Vayechal, Vayinachem Hashem, because that exactly parallels what we encounter in the story of the golden calf. When Moshe is on the mountain and is told by God, the people who have made and worshipped the golden calf, I'm going to destroy them. Vayechal Moshe Pnei Hashem Elohav, Moshe entreated God. At the end of that paragraph, Vayinachem Hashem So the response of Chizkiel, the king, was to pray. And his prayer was successful. He entreats God. And the prophecy is does not come to pass because God relents of the evil. Now, in the story over here, in this chapter, beginning in verse 20, a counterexample is cited of a different prophet. His name was Uriyahu, who prophesied in God's name. And they wanted to harm him. The king, Jehoiakim, wanted to harm him. He runs down to Egypt. Jehoiakim and Mitzrayim are very connected because Mitzrayim put him in power. And he sends people down to Egypt, to his confederates in Egypt. They take the prophet out of Egypt. They bring him to the king, and the king kills him and throws his body in the burial place of the common people. Kivrei b'nei ha'am. So what's interesting is, in terms of chapter 26, my understanding is this. There are different factions. There are the priests, there are the prophets. They're essentially opposed to Yermiyo, and they want to kill him. The people, the Am, 
Sometimes the Amr is described as being with the priests, and sometimes the Amr is described as being with the Sarim, who want to save Yirmiyot. And then there's the king. And it strikes me that in chapter 26, the distinction that's being drawn in 26 is between one king and another. Chizkiyo was a righteous king, and his response to hearing a negative prophecy is prayer, Vayichal, and God's response is Vayinachim. That's what Yermiel says at the beginning of the chapter. If you repent of your ways, Vayinachim Hashem, in verse number 13. But the end of the chapter actually tells us about Yehoyakim. He's different. His response is not to pray, quite the opposite. His response is to persecute the prophet and actually to kill the prophet. So chapter 26, which is embedded in the life of Yirmiyahu, not like chapter 7. And chapter 26 is describing the hardships Yirmiyahu will face. It's not just the priest and the prophet, but most significantly, it's the king. And this particular king, Yehoyakim, is particularly negative, particularly evil. And the contrast between one king and another, Chizkiyahu, the virtuous king, and Yehoiakim, the negative one, that's made very clear in chapter 26.